0: Welcome to Voices of Experience, the podcast of the National Speakers Association. I'm your host, technology strategist and futurist, Crystal Washington. In today's episode, Influence Hearts and Minds, we're going to look at how you can get into the minds of audience members and team members to better serve them and build a more robust speaking business. Our guests today may be familiar to those of you who have already signed up for our national conference, Influence because both Claude Silver and Andrew Davis will be keynoting. Let's get a tiny taste of what you can expect from them. Let's get started. On today's segment on Voices of Experience, we have with us Claude Silver. Now, Claude has some wonderful statistics for us to help introduce her. She is, has 50 years experience of being human, 30 years of working with corporate cultures, 15 years experience as a scholar in psychology, human development, organizational development, and 15 years as a creative strategist studying human behavior. Last but not least, she has spent six years hustling alongside Gary Vaynerchuk. Thank you so much for joining us today, Claude. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I can think of no one better to speak to us on the combination in business of having heart and hustle. So let's just dive right in to our questions. The first one is, in a time when most speakers are rushing to expand and push their teams, why should speakers care about adding heart into the equation? I love this question. There
1: is not a better time to be more human. There is Mm -hmm. not a better time to bring more humanity and personal touch into your organizations, into your teams, into your companies. It is what people are craving and they are looking for today and tomorrow. We used to think of jobs taking just muscle, physical strengths. Then we went into the information age where jobs took a lot of brain power. We're still using our brains, but we are moving into the world of heart intuition, where EQ, emotional quotient skills, are just as valuable as IQ.
0: Mm. So with that in mind, what three things would you suggest all the speakers listening to you do to ensure that their employees and team members feel valued, not like they're simply a seat filler? since we are moving into this intuitive heart space?
1: Yes, absolutely. So first and foremost, we need to make sure that we are transparent. Mm. We are communicating with honesty, with integrity, and we are telling people what is going on. That is the first thing. The second thing is belonging. People are craving to know that they belong and they matter. And that encompasses diversity and inclusivity and equality today. That Mm -hmm. is absolutely essential. And the third thing is purpose. People want to work for a company that has purpose people want to be guided and coached towards their purpose. Mm.
0: Now, this is really interesting because you mentioned transparency, which is obviously, I think, us communicating honestly with our team. You mentioned belonging and how that touches on diversity and inclusion. And then you talked about giving people a sense of purpose. Are you finding that this is easier for larger or smaller organizations to do? Are you seeing, is this a struggle for everyone? What what does the landscape look like for implementing these three items?
1: Well, you know, I think it's interesting because there are corporations out there that are reporting to Wall Street. And so they may feel like they don't have time, energy, money to put towards the things I just mentioned. It only takes a human being. It only takes someone to care to be kind and to be compassionate, to do the three things that I mentioned. Hmm. So the at the other end of the spectrum, there are plenty of mid midsize or smaller organizations that are independently owned and operated that might want to put more time and effort in terms of retaining their staff. Hmm. And those things that I mentioned, and there are many, many more, are going to have a wonderful knock-on effect to your bottom line, which is retention, which is exactly where people skills come into play. So I, I don't I don't see it as an either or. I see that we're all in this challenge and opportunity together and it really just it just it just takes a, it takes a culture shift. We have
0: to want to do this. So what I heard from you that seemed so amazingly valuable was you're underscoring that there's even a financial benefit to this. Even if someone maybe isn't the most heart-centric person, the fact of the matter is employee retention, we all know that that, that there's a cost associated with having to replace employees. And there's nothing like having people that are loyal and do great work. So thank you for pointing out that piece. Now, we've talked about our our internal customers. So let's talk about our external customers. You know, many speakers give talks in hopes of causing audience shifts. Um, Your organization is amazingly effective at igniting shifts in human behavior. You yourself are a scholar in psychology and human development and organizational development. What is your number one tip for inspiring behavior shifts? Empathy. Having empathy empathy and
1: care about your end consumer. That is the end-all be-all. Just like you have empathy, and I've been speaking about having empathy, quite frankly, internally, Mm -hmm. there is no difference in what the external world needs from you. Your audience, your consumer, your clients, they all want to be heard Mm -hmm. and understood. And empathy is the key to
0: do that that is actually I believe how we are going to move this needle so what does empathy look like from the stage or from producing videos for for customers and audiences what how can they tell that you're being empathetic to them what would she look, what would we look to insert
1: Well first and foremost I mean as, as basic as just eye contact mm. you know, understanding who is out there in the audience and understanding that While they might be a grouping of people, each and every person is an individual, and they are listening to you from their own hearing. If that makes sense, Mm -hmm. so you need to obviously make statements that can reach common denominators, so Mm -hmm. reach the masses, but do interact with people. Interact with people who are at the front of those stages, looking straight at you. We have this incredible benefit of being of being witness to sponges who are are looking for the ahas that are waiting for those nuggets of inspiration of curiosity of of creativity and so make sure that you are delivering on that promise there's no other reason you should be on that stage if not to deliver some kind of insight aha nugget of inspiration to your
0: audience Now that we have tactics for leveraging empathy for business results, let's discover the role that curiosity can play in keeping our audiences captivated. On this segment of Voices of Experience, we have Andrew Davis, and he's going to talk to us today about the curiosity factor. Now, what's interesting about Andrew is that he spent 10 years as a television writer, and so I can't think of anyone else better to talk to us about how you can capture your audience's attention. Welcome, Andrew.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, Crystal. This is fun.
0: Thank you for being here. So we're going to dive right on in. First question, why should professional speakers care about leveraging curiosity in their businesses?
2: Well, if you're a speaker and you're trying to actually capture an audience's attention for 45 minutes or an hour, your job is to ensure that you pique their curiosity and keep them engaged for as long as possible. I don't know about you, Crystal, but I get a lot of event organizers these days telling me that they're making the keynote last shorter because people can't pay attention for 45 minutes anymore. They can only do 18 minutes TED style speeches. And that's really frustrating to me. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, it, it's art job to keep people engaged and actually earn their attention over the course of 45 minutes. And I think the best in the business can do it.
0: You know, what's interesting about what you just said, Andrew, Um, you were talking about engagement and we all talk about engagement all the time. We want to increase audience engagement, but you're tying, peaking the audience's curiosity to the engagement. So it sounds like that's a tactic. So
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Which is great because no one tells you how to get the audience more engaged. They're just like, you need more engagement. So now that we know we need to pay attention and how we can actually pique our audience's curiosity, what's going on in the brains of our customers when they decide to pay attention to one piece of content and not another?
2: yeah well I mean uh, this is what I learned in the television business like um, you know one of my first jobs in TV was actually writing uh, the television news breaks like these little segments in between programming that we're getting people to come back and watch the next segment of the news so anytime you're watching the news and they say oh you know when we come back the big update on the crazy weather coming our way see you in two minutes (laughs) like that is piquing your curiosity you're like wait what crazy weather you all of a sudden have these questions in your mind, and a curiosity gap is what you're actually creating when you create that just that simple question in, in somebody's mind. And a curiosity gap is just a void between what we know and what we want to know. And your your mind is this amazing engine trying to answer and close every curiosity gap. So essentially, what we need to do when we're on stage or working with customers or clients and trying to get their attention, instead of just you know just trying to kind of blast it at them and tell them why they need to pay attention. We actually need to create a curiosity gap, just a small gap in their minds, a void between what they know and what they want to know to keep them searching for that answer. And there's a, I mean, the key to doing it is making sure you have three core elements, All right? One, you actually need to create some tension. And when you're doing a 45 minute speech, you can do that over the course of 45 minutes. You can, tension is basically the emotional anxiety we feel when there's a gap between what we know and what we want to know. And it's a really great emotion to actually leverage as a speaker. So you're trying to really increase tension. The second thing you want to do is the the more tension you create, you're going to create a bigger need for closure. And your mind is... your need for closure actually is really powerful. It's so powerful. It will make you do things that are uncomfortable or even painful. So you've got to use your need for closure. And then the last thing is you need a payoff. You know, if you've ever, um, you know, clicked a headline that said something like uh, you're never going to believe what happens after watching this video. Uh, and you click the link and then, you know, you watch the whole video and you're like, that wasn't really that crazy. I expected that to happen. That's that, yeah, that's that's when the payoff doesn't match the tension you've created. So you've got to have those three key elements to actually making it work.
0: So it's if you're missing one of these elements, it sounds like you can make the audience mad. So for instance, if you do one, want- yes. but there's no yeah. payoff. Now they're I'll tell you. I'll tell you something that happened to me just yesterday. I was on Facebook because that's where crazy happens yes. and there was this image that said, um, inappropriate content, maybe partial nudity, but based on what it was saying around it, it didn't make any sense. When I clicked on it, do you know what it was? Andrew, it was a picture of he-man action figures in a pile. Never thought about that <laughs> action figures are all running around in their drawers, right? So I was angry. So I was like, what is this?
2: That's exactly right. Yeah. Look, if you create tension or a need for closure in the mind of your audience, you can either use it for good or you can use it for evil. And that He-Man post, that right there is an evil post. Like you're actually not leveraging it in a way that earns trust or builds camaraderie with your audience. So yeah, you got to wield this really carefully.
0: (laughs) Okay. Now, You actually gave us the perfect setup. You gave us the three core elements we need to pique curiosity. Are there any other actionable tips you would suggest for creating compelling content? Like when we, let's say that we're doing the outline of our talk, what can we do right now to up our game?
2: Okay. there's uh, there, I'm going to give you two. There's, there's, there's a lot more, but let's just do the two main ones that I learned in the television business. You can learn by just watching reality TV. So if you're listening right now and you're like, how do I make my speech better and increase my curiosity uh, factor so that I can get people to be really engaged. I want you to go watch some reality TV because they do these two things really, really well. First, they delay the reveal. All right, like if you're watching a makeover show, I'm a big fan of Fixer Upper. If you watch that show, you know that they're making over a house for 45 minutes in the reality TV show, but they never show you the outcome until that last segment. And your tension is building that entire time. And at the end of that second to last segment, when they say, hey, you know, Janice and Crystal, are you ready to see your new home? And they go straight to a commercial break. You're like, no, I gotta see this, right? That's, That's delaying the reveal. So you wanna delay the reveal for as long as possible whenever you're telling a story on stage. So, it, you know, it, a lot of people set up a great story uh, and, and everybody can see the, where the story is going and maybe they've even answered the reveal without knowing it. The key is to remove those elements so people get more and more excited about filling in that gap. What happens here? Delay the reveal. And the second one, does that make sense, Crystal? Does that yes, was, no, I went through it fast. Okay.
0: Makes perfect sense.
2: And then the the other one I think I'd share with you guys is is you want to raise the stakes. Okay. So in any good reality television show, uh, the producer or editor that's actually putting it together is looking for ways to actually re-edit the content to increase the stakes for the characters that you care about. And raising the stakes is just a very simple formula. You've got to show me something that your audience cares about and then threaten it for as long as possible. So if your audience cares about like uh, a social media trick that's gonna change their lives. Now that sounds like clickbait, by the way. Uh so maybe maybe I'm increasing the need for closure too high and the payoff's not gonna measure up. But I, I can actually raise the stakes by showing them something that they want and then delaying that reveal, threatening that reveal with lots of other tips and tricks before I get to the mega one. Does that make sense? It does, it does. Yeah. So just raise the stakes, but it's really important that the audience be clear about the, the, like, you know, what the audience wants, what you want the audience to want. So you've got to be really clear on that and they have to know it, you know, in in a reality TV show, they're really good at ensuring the audience knows what the character wants before they go into a meeting or, you know, even if it's, if it's the voice before they go on to an audition with the, in front of the voice chairs, you know, you, they, they have that little three minute segment. That's all about how important this is. And they've got to get through this audition and they've really got to get to the coach they want. And all of a sudden you've raised the stakes. I know exactly what they want out of this next segment.
0: This is powerful because Andrew, as you were talking about this, I even thought about the fact that even the way that we write our intros, when, when our clients introduce us, we could even do this in there so that we're setting up for art. Like there's levels to this thing.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the best, the, the best, you know, kind of drama is built out of lots of little curiosity gaps. One of the problems with clickbait is it has one big promise and one pathetic payoff. The best kind of curiosity factors are the ones that are multi-layered, where you're actually creating small subconscious curiosity gaps in the mind of the audience. They're not as, uh, as kind of forward as we've been talking about. And you just are constantly closing that curiosity gap and moving to the next one. Uh, And that, that helps build tension over time and get people more excited. And so those simple gaps don't have to be big ones. Think of lots of little ones. Like in one 45 minute speech, you might be able to have 15 or 20 little curiosity gaps that keep earning your audience's attention over time.
0: VOE is brought to you
2: by. Let me ask you something. Are you sick of the ebb and flow of revenue in your business? Are you tired of not having a process you can prioritize every day that guarantees results and scalability? What about all of the technology that's not working for you? Speakerflow is the only company geared towards helping speakers achieve predictable revenue by leveraging technology to get organized, get known, and get paid. Whether it's our CRM, consulting, or our mansion retreats, we've got you covered. Stop by speakerflow.com to schedule a free discovery call today.
0: If you haven't already signed up for Influence this August 1st through 4th in Washington DC, you can get more information and sign up today, right now, for the annual conference of the National Speakers Association. Simply visit nsaspeaker.org forward slash attend forward slash influence 20. Thank you for tuning in to Voices of Experience, the podcast of the National Speakers Association. Catch us on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, and NSA's social media profiles. Tune in for next week's episode, Hidden Speaker Opportunities. Oh yeah, you're missing opportunities right in front of your face.